Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Utilities. They may have new smart meter technology in hand, but how smart are they really about the massive amounts of data they can now read and its value to you and me, the consumer? Our experts today will weigh in. We're going to hear from Cobb EMC's Roque Marino, and I have to remember to call him Marino, and he says, with the smart meter being part of operations, utilities have to cope with the fact that there is no turning back on the quantum leap on the multitudes of reads. That's meter reads. We'll be talking to Marino in a few minutes. Ovum Stewart Ravum says, smartness begins and ends with analyzing the vast volumes of data created in a smart grid deployment. We'll be talking to Stewart. Smart grid libraries Christine Herzog says, there's not much data about how much consumers really understand about who might touch their energy consumption data or what it's worth when third parties involved are involved. And Christine's going to talk to us about who those third parties are and what they might be doing to our energy meters. And SAP's James McClellan says, a whole new area of service will be created, providing energy efficiency to the consumer. Here's the big question, though. How far inside of that meter do you want outside companies to have automatic access to adjust your energy consumption? Depending on the type of customer you are, and each of us has to answer that for ourselves, James thinks the answer will be, it depends. So we're going to find out from James what the scope of dependencies are there. So stay with us for the next 55 minutes. I think that's it on the clock on utilities, shining the light on smart grid. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Coffee Break with Game Change. Presented by SAP. If you want to tweet to us during the show, try hashtag SAP Radio, and you can find us at at sign BizBreakRadio. I'm thrilled to have my guests back, and what I didn't tell you was they're all coming back for part two. We covered Smart Grid earlier this year. We had so much to talk about. We wanted to get them back and learn more. So let me tell you a little bit about them, a brief bio. They'll each say hello, and then we'll deep dive into their quotes. Marino is the Director of Enterprise business intelligence for Cobb EMC. Those of you who don't know what EMC is, it's an electric membership corporation. It's the second largest EMC in all of the U.S., a provider of electricity and gas for almost 500,000 households. Cobb EMC is innovative in its use of analytical tools to support the organization. Marino, welcome back. Quickly, how are you? Thank you. I'm very good, Bonnie. How are you? Very, very happy to have you back. Can't wait to hear your input on all of this smart grid stuff. It's been about five months since we've spoken, and I know there's a lot, a lot of new information you want to share. Stuart Ravens from Ovum is a principal analyst in energy and sustainability technology. He has worked in Ovum's commercial verticals team since May 2008 and is responsible for the utilities work stream. Welcome, Stuart. How are you today? I'm very well, Bonnie. It's a little jet lag. I flew in from, uh, I flew back home to the UK from Boston last night. So, well, we're going to find I, when we get back on the coffee break in the second segment, we're going to find out what's in your cup, and I expect to hear lots of caffeine. And don't tell me you're drinking herbal tea because I'm not going to buy that. No. <laughs> Christine Her- 
Christine Herzog, Managing Director of the Smart Grid Library, is a consultant and author, and I love this. Christine calls herself a professional explainer. I want that title, Christine. She delivers strategic advisory services to help clients achieve success in what else? The Smart Grid and M2M machine-to-machine business sectors. Welcome back, Christine. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you, Bonnie. How are you doing? Wonderful. So happy to have you joining us again. I love it when a, a panel stays together like a little club and you're all back. And last but not least, James McClelland is Senior Global Director of SAP Utilities and Energy Industry Solution Marketing, another SOMA person. How are you, James? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having us back, Bonnie. Oh, pleasure. And, and you were all so gracious after the last show and said, yes, we've got a lot more to talk about. So let's do a deep dive into uh, uh, each of your quotes. I'll give you about a minute and a half on the clock, and let's find out what you really meant. So, Marino, with the smart meter being part of operations, utilities have to cope. Cope, that says to me there's a challenge. There's a little bit of plus and minus with the fact that there's no turning back on the quantum leap on multitude of reads. So what's happened? I understand the, the data is massive now, Marino. Talk to me briefly. What's going on? Um, I just came back from a conference in San Francisco in what's called the Smart Grid Update. And uh, um, my view from coming out of that conference is that the tools, the infrastructure um, is still catching up with the volume of data. Um, That's point number one. Point number two is these are hard times right now. Companies uh, have tightened their belts, and uh, it's very difficult to find more investment for more infrastructure, for more uh, uh, to treat the volume. And, uh, and the, uh, you know, utilities are not uh, famous for being uh, throwing a lot of money on these things. So, uh, from the point of view of the utility side, especially for the uh, electric memberships out there, um, the challenge has been: Can we build an infrastructure robust enough, and can we invest in the tools robust enough? to deal with the volume of data that is being um, part of our new world out there. I think it's going to take a time to catch up. Okay, good to know. And and we'll be talking more to you in a minute. Ovum, Stuart, Ravens, jet lag and all. Smartness, I love the word smartness, begins and ends with analyzing vast volumes of data created in the smart grid deployment. So piggybacking off of what Marino said, Stuart, what are you seeing from the Ovum vantage point on the smartness? this really is a, a, a huge challenge, and, and I like to think of uh, um, you know, s- smart grid deployments as, in a series of phases. I mean, the first phase is li- literally the, the deployment of the hardware. Um, you know, the, the second phase is you know, making sure that you can still bill your customers using the, the, the consumption data that's coming from the smart meters. But I, I think even when you get to that point, you know, this, this, this is just a, a conversion from analog metering to digital metering, and it's not necessarily smart. So the next phase is really to ensure uh, um, that, that you're extracting the real value from that data. And uh, um, as Marino said, uh, it, it, it's tough even to get to that that position, um, that, you know, dealing with the scale, uh, the, making sure that your system scales up to, uh, um, you know, in the UK, we've got uh, um, utilities that will be deploying 15, 16 million meters. So, uh, um, you know, this is a, a huge undertaking uh, um, uh, just to get to a digital, uh, um, uh, uh, digital metering rather than smart metering. So the next phase is really to, uh, um, you know, extract that value. It's helping customers better manage their consumption. 
um, through to more direct monitoring and control of distribution networks. And, and actually the potential that sits within the, the data that's coming from smart, smart meters and other smart grid technology is absolutely endless. But um, there, there, there are some huge hurdles to overcome. So um, utilities have to uh, um, basically restructure their um, information and data architecture to, to uh, um, allow uh, um, uh, to connect disparate systems within their organizations. They need to, um, you know, completely overhaul their data governance so they can manage new standards, manage data quality, and even uh, uh, move from kind of, you know, silos of data so they have a single view of data across the enterprise. Um, they need the right analytical and visualization tools. And, and this is where there's still a, a gap in the market. So there's a real requirement at the moment for innovation, uh, um, um, developing just use cases for analytics within the utilities industry. And finally, you need the people to actually do the analytics. So mm -hmm. um, utilities historically have been good in pockets at doing analytics, so uh, um, in terms of uh, uh, load forecasting and the like, but, um, but actually the, the, you know, they don't employ a lot of people who are data specialists, and they're actually going to have to go into the marketplace and, and compete with uh, uh, um, industries like financial services who have huge uh, um, analytics teams. So really, Thanks. for me, the answer is uh, um, uh, you know, to increase partnerships between departments within the utilities and then outside of the utility organization. It's with IT vendors, services organizations that can offer things like analytics as a service, and also consultants. Thank you, Stuart. Great overview. I appreciate it. We've got about three minutes left in this segment. I want to get both Christine and James in, even briefly. Smart Grid Libraries, Christine Herzog says, there's not much research about how consumers understand about who might touch their energy consumption data, and you bring up the idea of third parties. Christine, give us a, a little uh, bird's-eye view of what you mean by third parties. Who are these people who are going to be looking at our energy consumption? Well, uh, typically at this point in time, it's been uh, uh, data that is uh, coming from a meter that a utility has had some uh, uh, oversight of. And uh, we've worked, I, I work quite a lot with the National Institute of Standards and Technology on the data privacy uh, considerations and recommendations to utilities about the treatment of that data. However, uh, we have a great initiative called the Green Button, which is a federal initiative uh, that is actually a challenge put out by the White House, and very similar to something that concerns veterans' medical data, which is called the Blue Button Initiative. It's all about data portability and ownership of that data really residing with the person who's created the data or who that data has been created for. But with the Green Button Initiative, a consumer now has the opportunity. You, Bonnie, could say, I want to take my data from my utility and I mm -hmm. want to uh, give it to a certain uh, company that will then do some analysis of that and tell me more about how I'm using energy and maybe make some recommendations about how it can consume in a more intelligent fashion. Okay. The problem is, is that those same requirements or expectations that you might have with the utility about protecting that data don't necessarily carry over to a third party that's independent and has no association with that utility. That's where I think there's a lot of need for education with consumers. 
Interesting. You bring up a good point, and we're going to cover that when we get into the roundtable, Christine, about how you, uh, who owns our data? What, what right do I have to it? You know, if I want to have my phone bill analyzed, I go to maybe an independent person. I send them the bills. I'll say, okay, Bonnie, you made these calls at these hours on these days, and we can help you. But you're right. I, I can't get into the meter. SAP's James McClellan, we want to know, you say, uh, how far inside the meter do you want outside companies to have automatic access? Let's take you out to the break. 30 seconds. So give me an overview here, James. Well, the big question is if it makes sense and it can actually save me money and a fair amount of money or a significant amount, then maybe that's a service that's worthwhile. But if I'm maybe Stuart Oldham and I've just returned and I want to watch Great Britain win my first gold medal and everybody in Great Britain is watching TV and suddenly my utility says, hey, we're hitting peak times. We need to start turning non-essential devices off. Let's knock the TVs off. And I miss that gold medal. Is that something I want to allow my utility or service provider to do? I would say absolutely not. Have I answered the question? (laughs) Depends on what event I'm watching. Good point. We're going to start off the next segment with James because we didn't give you enough time. We're at the first break. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You are listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. We are live today. It is August 1st. Welcome, everyone, to the month of August 2012. I'm speaking with Roque Marino. Marino Roque, we'll figure that one out. Stuart Ravens, Christine Herzog, and James McClub. When we come back, we'll find out what they're drinking in their coffee cup today. Don't even think of touching that mouse. Brad, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com we hear it and read about it every day in the news stock prices plunging home prices receding and unemployment growing how can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy tune in to turning hard times into good times with host jay taylor Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning hard times into good times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Is marketing making us ill? And if it is, how can we heal humanity and the planet by changing the way we sell? This is Lynn Serafin inviting you to join me and a great lineup of thought leaders in business, media, and marketing on The Seven Graces of Marketing, Mondays at 6 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. So let the dialogue begin. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
you're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Well, everybody needs a good coffee break, and that's why we start the second segment of the show every week, finding out what our guests are drinking. We're going to kick this element off with James McClellan from SAP. What's in your cup today, James? Anything really interesting? Well, I'm drinking a cup of black hot tea for this morning, so it's uh, we're, we're going up to 42, 43 Celsius in here in Texas today, and uh, why don't we have something hot to drink as well? <laughs> okay, suit yourself. Is there a lot of caffeine in that tea, by the way? Is that full strength, the real deal? Uh, I think we're doing a 50-50 with it today. Okay, sounds very clever. And our rock star on the show, Marino, he's going by one name now. Marino, what are you drinking today, please? Uh, I like the idea of a rock star, but uh, <laughs> I'll have to work on it. Um, Starbucks ice mocha, no cream. It's hot here in Georgia, and, uh, but uh, it's not as hot in, in like in Texas or Colorado or anything. But uh, the cold will come along really well. That sounds delicious. I want one, too. Stuart Ravens, just back in the U.K., what are you drinking today? Am I allowed to mention brand names? You certainly are. So uh, uh, my sponsor today is uh, Pepsi Max, and it's straight from the bottle. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not by, uh, you know, I'm bypassing cups. <laughs> I, I love it. And Christine Erzog, what are you drinking today? Organic green tea. Okay, and we have a couple of tweets today here. Malcolm says his day never starts without Equator coffee. Today he's drinking organic free trade French. And Karen, welcome to the show. Karen is drinking a yerba mate, I can pronounce that, in a calabash gourd complete with a bombilla and loving it. Marino, do you know what that is, a calabash gourd with a bombilla? No idea. <laughs> no idea either. We'll have to ask Karen to tweet it back to Malcolm so we can find out. In the meantime, we're going to continue on our topic of the day, utilities, shining the light on smart grid. And anybody just tuning in, I have to tell you, we're talking about utilities from the business aspect. How are they handling their data? How are they handling their business intelligence? How are they handling their analytics? That's what we're talking about. Not just, hey, we all have an electric company and what are they doing with our meter? This is from the business perspective because they are a business and that's what we started the conversation about several months ago with the same wonderful panel. So, James McClellan, let's dive into this. Where would you like to pick up the conversation, then we'll go from there? Well, it's interesting because we had a, a, a group discussion with many of our lead customers, and we said, you know, you see this big tsunami of data coming down the pipe, and would it be interesting if we were able to provide you access to that? And they all nodded their heads up and down vigorously, saying, yes, this is absolutely of interest. And my next question was, what will you do with it? And the room turned to crickets. Mm -hmm. So they know that this data is very, very valuable. But now it's going to take a little bit of time to really see where my business value is. But if you take a look, uh, initially one of the, one of the biggest areas is, is fraud detection. And usually with fraud detection, this is something that takes months and months and months of profiling to be able to see and take a look and analyze patterns to see where my leakage is taking place or is there theft taking place. 
But if you're able to take this large, vast amount of data and be able to transform data into information in seconds rather than days, weeks, and months, mm-hmm. there's a huge business value add to corporations. And, and we, uh, we're just taking a look at a solution right now that we're offering out, and, and this is an area that is of huge value to utilities because this is lost money, and if I can recover or detect it much earlier, it drops immediately down to the bottom line as far as profitability goes, which in turn may be passed along to the ratepayers. Very interesting. Christine, I want you to jump in here. You sent me a talking point about this, talking about, and we're talking about how utilities can grow, survive, and thrive. You say utilities can thrive if they're prepared to make changes in corporate culture. And we're talking people here, real people, as well as technology. So there's a coupling there and support regulatory policy changes. Can you bring us up to speed on what you're thinking about? Uh, this, uh, this theme gets a little bit, uh, out of just, uh, strictly what we're talking about in terms of data and analytics and into a broader technology area about distributed energy resources and, uh, how utilities through a policy, uh, called decoupling are allowed to encourage, uh, consumers to use less of the thing they sell, electrons, uh, because, and they're allowed to do this because they will still be assured a certain uh, rate of, uh, of return and uh, not lose money or not have a, a dramatically uh, negative impact on their bottom line for the fact that they're asking us all to be more energy efficient and mm-hmm. serve energy. So decoupling is something that's very important. And you know, bringing it back to analytics, uh, certainly the data that we can uh, develop around uh, how consumers, whether they're residential, commercial, or industrial, are using uh, electricity or gas or, in the future, water. Uh, all of this information uh, or all this data can be turned into information by synthesizing it with various different inputs from other um, uh, uh, sources of information, too, and create uh, you know, insights that will help us all as utilities to make suggestions to us consumers or as consumers to have aha moments about hey, I can save some money here, or I can postpone using this particular appliance to this point in time. It will cost me less, or I will be able to use green energy instead of uh, dirty energy. Those are the types of um, decisions and empowerment that consumers and utilities together will have, but it's going to be a learning process because this is all new data, all new information, all new types of behaviors that we can develop. Interesting. I'm going to pose this question. Whose responsibility is it to have energy efficiency? Is it the consumer demanding it of the utilities? Is it the utilities getting together in some kind of a consortium or perhaps through an organization like Cobb EMC with, with Marino and saying we want to do the right thing and we're going to tell our consumers about it? Uh, Marino, what do you think from your standpoint? You serve over 460,000 households at Cobb EMC. You use a lot of analytical tools. You sound like you're on the cutting edge of utilities business. So whose responsibility is it anyway? I think it belongs to the utilities. They are the regulated, but there is a regulated body for them, of course. And uh, let's remember that they are um, um, totally committed to the service that they provide. But uh, one point that I'd like to touch is mm-hmm. that we keep talking about always as a community in, in events like this, what it means to the consumer. We have mm-hmm. to remember that the smart meter and all the automation, all this that is taking the this paradigm shift is meant with the purpose was to manage the grid. 
the the supply side and the the, the the distribution side. Now, the information that we are now gathering because now we have access to the meter that for you you know the household behavior and also you have uh, uh, other um, elements where you can think about providing this information to others to third parties I think that we are a long way from that because the, the regulated bodies will fight this and uh, my view is that uh, um, it's uh, uh, the legislation even has not caught up with all that. That's I think it's it's also from the technical point of view, from the legal, even from the social, which you what you folks mentioned. I think it was the student mm-hmm. who mentioned, do I want um, this? You're turning off my TV during a prime game or something like that? No. Exactly. You know, all this is going to take time to to evolve. Uh, uh, I see was still going for a long journey here. Now, I want to read something, a statistic, uh, some numbers that Marino sent me before the show, just to do a little level setting. I probably should have done this earlier in the show. We're talking about the massive amounts of data. So Marino says, with a smart meter being part of operations, organizations are going from 12, now listen carefully, 12 reading events a year to 8,760 reading events a year if the organization does one read per hour. Some utilities are reading every 15 minutes. Let's do the math. That takes them to 35,040 events per year per household. That's right, 35,000-plus reading events per year per household. The data implications are tremendous, and organizations need to be prepared. Just wanted to give everybody the numbers so we know what we're talking about. Stuart, Ravens, Ovum, you must have a point of view on all of this. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I was going to say that's so 35,000 meter readings, that's just consumption. So it's not, uh, meters don't just uh, um, provide consumption data, they can provide uh, information on voltage quality. So uh, um, there's mm-hmm. also events data that comes off the meters, and that has to be uh, uh, dealt with as well. So I think it brings us back to uh, um, the, the comment I made earlier about scalability. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that has been one of the, the, you know, the big issues of that, that first phase of the deployment is to make all their systems scale. Um, and I think, you know, we, we're getting to the stage where, you know, people can, uh, uh, um, you know, that they're, they're building systems, uh, uh, smart metering systems that, that, that can handle, you know, th- these uh, 30,000 meter reads from, you know, six, seven million uh, meters in the mm-hmm. same uh, uh, utilities jurisdiction. So there's a, a lot of investment has been made there, but that doesn't make you smart. It's what you do with that data um, that, 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 you know, creates what I call that smartness. So uh, mm-hmm. um, there's an awful lot that has to go on. I mean, uh, um, it was interesting we heard earlier about the cultural changes that have to happen in utilities. So right. um, if we look at uh, some of the grid management uh, um, aspects, what you're doing uh, within the utility organization is bringing, you know, previously very disparate organizations. So IT uh, um, uh, departments have largely sat, uh, uh, you know, been very remote from some of the, 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 the operational technology teams that, that are looking after the, 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 the network management. And, and those, those teams are suddenly being brought together. Um, 
We're seeing different you know, IT applications that are being brought together so they can start interfacing with each other. There's been mm -hmm. some really interesting deployments with Osgrid down in Sydney um, and Consolidated Edison up in uh, uh, the, the northeast of uh, the U.S. Mm -hmm. They're working on uh, uh, projects to uh, um, you know, bring in a service bus. Uh, I'm starting to get technical now, but, it, but what it does is just brings in data from a load of different systems that they can interrogate uh, uh, in real time. And I think what, what's critical here and what's, what's, uh, um, what's, what's been the catalyst is the, the, the innovation in hardware, so uh, the bringing down the costs of uh, um, in-memory analytics is really opening the door for, for utilities to do some really, really interesting stuff with the data that's coming from their smart grid deployments. Stuart, I want to stop you right there. We're at our halfway break, and thank you for bringing me out on a good note. When we come back, there's a lot more on Coffee Break with Game Changers. We're talking to Marino and Stuart and Christine and James, and I want to talk about industry competition for utilities. We want to bring that up in the next segment. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Lots more looking at utilities. How smart are they with smart grid technology? We'll find out when we come back. Don't even think of touching that mouse. Brad, out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP to speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. 
And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We are. We're going to kick this segment off with just a brief comment about something I've been told during the break. It's not really that applicable to North America, but we wanted to cover it anyway. Stuart Ravens from Ovum says, smart meters combined with increasing utilities industry competition creates a different challenge. The threat of competitive encroachment from big retailers like Walmart. We do have them here, Stuart. Telcos and media companies becomes real. So briefly, just tell us where is this competition happening and, and will it come to North America, do you think? Sure. Well, um, the, 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 the North American markets have to uh, deregulate first. I mean, we, we've, we've seen it in Texas where um, you know, customers can change providers. But, mm-hmm. um, but certainly within the U.K., we were the first uh, uh, market to uh, um, liberalize. And uh, we now have customer switching rates of about 20%. So uh, um, we have six big providers in the U.K., um, so that they have anything between six and, and 12 million customers. And... Um, but, well, basically, you know, they have to manage, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, losing 20% of their customer base every year and also gaining 20% of their customer base. So there's usually, uh, uh, you know, no net gains or losses or, or uh, you know, that's quite minimal. But really the big, the big shift at the moment is that, um, you know, our, our, our um, energy retailers are moving away from just supplying um, electricity and gas to customers to, you know, really focusing on energy services. And the smart meter is seen as, uh, you know, a key way of bringing energy services within, into the home. So, you know, so, uh, um, this is looking at connected home uh, um, technology. So merging energy management, advanced energy management, so using smart plugs, smart thermostats with uh, uh, security systems. And the, the, the critical factor is here, who offers those services? Is it the utility or will it, will it be other organizations? So, um, you know, they could be media companies selling pay TV. It could be uh, uh, your broadband provider or your um, fixed-line telecommunications provider. So what, what smart metering does, it opens up the market to, uh, you know, new entrants, but not traditionally uh, um, energy players. And that's a really big threat to uh, uh, the incumbent energy providers. Thank you, Stuart. Christine, I know uh, you wanted to move the conversation in the direction of all of this new technology and how are utilities coping with it. Are they prepared? Do they have the personnel? Do they have the resources to deal with this massive amount of data? What do they do with it? How do they analyze it? You want to take us in that direction? Certainly. Uh, there, there are a couple of uh, uh, real shifts coming to uh, utilities here. One is um, introduction on a pretty broad scale of new technologies that are impacting generation, transmission, distribution, all the way to the meter and into the home. And utilities certainly uh, have had a very different mindset about a very traditional supply chain. So this is evolution to much more of a value chain where now consumers can become prosumers and produce electricity to sell back to the grid really changes uh, uh, the mindset and and will have dramatic changes on the way utilities have to organize their operations or uh, other energy service providers that act on uh, that behalf and and may serve as an intermediary between consumers, residential, commercial, industrial, and utilities. 
Uh, but there's also a, a very big demographic challenge approaching because a significant chunk of every utility's workforce is approaching retirement age. And so there's going to be a uh, brain drain in some ways of all of that knowledge that isn't necessarily documented but is very, very useful and important to keeping everything running smoothly within the utility, uh, the replacement of all of those people is going to be a challenge. And then, of course, as was mentioned earlier, uh, we have all of this data uh, now being um, uh, delivered or made available to utilities. And there's, you know, and this is not just in the utility sector, but just in general, there's even a shortage of uh, uh, the data scientists, the uh, the people mm-hmm. who can develop algorithms that can uh, make some sense of various uh, different inputs of data, uh, people that can understand and, and make some sense of uh, the information they're receiving and take make decisions on it. And, in fact, it even gets back to a point where uh, a lot of us still make our decisions based on gut instinct or intuition. And in the future, we'll have a lot more data that, can force a very different type of um, uh, decision-making and how, you know, we make those decisions and when we make those decisions. So, in a way, data and data analytics can time-shift decision-making. So, it's not reactive but proactive. That's going to be a lot of cultural change for any organization, but it will certainly have its big impacts on utilities. Certainly. And James McClellan from SAP, you're certainly in the trenches with utilities, your customers. So what are you finding in terms of have they made that culture shift? Do they have the data scientists who can cope with all of this new data, what to do with it, how to manage it? What are you seeing? So go back to the comment that I made that uh, many of the utilities sit back and they say, you know, this this would be a value. You know, I definitely Mm -hmm. see that there is value. I just don't know what kind of tiger I have by the tail. I don't know what I can do with it until I get knee deep. I think one thing that we need to, uh, you know, to be clear about all this big data and what it's going to do, uh, mm-hmm. I, I see the value add to the utility. You know, me as the consumer, how many consumers are going to log into their utility to watch their profile on an individual basis? I think it's going to be a very small, minor percentage. So all that big data is really not from the consumer level. And from the utility taking a look to the consumer, taking a look at it on a customer-by-customer basis, yes, if it's a large commercial or industrial customer, uh, it's it's going to have some type of value to be able to take a look at profiling. To take a look at it from a residential customer by residential customer, not really so much. Uh, There are some things that you can do with it to, to see if a consumer from a residential is above the normal pattern for his type of profile. Uh, or is even better uh, than his type of profile. I think Marino uh, kind of made a, a reference to this on who's responsible for energy efficiency. I think it's you and me. You know, definitely mm-hmm. the utility, but they still want you to buy as much of their product as you can. Sure. Energy efficiency really comes down to you and me. And then going back to the competition uh, remarks that uh, Christine and Stuart were bringing up, Definitely, this market is bringing up new entrants all over that don't even exist today. Um, If it can provide a service that is of significant value to the consumer, if it's only going to save me a dollar or two a month, probably not going to take them on. Uh, I see the opportunity that in the future uh, with companies like GE, uh, LG, uh, Westinghouse all saying by 2015 they're going to have smart devices that will talk to your meter 
and somebody's going to be de- developing a mobile app that if I'm outside of my house and prices go above a certain amount, let me use my mobile app to communicate with my refrigerator or my air conditioner mm. to turn it up, turn it down, turn it off. And you know what? Why do I need these middlemen? Good point. You're, you're, you're jumping the gun here a little bit, James, because we're going to be covering this in the crystal ball. So I want you to save some of your wonderful <laughs> predictions. And I also want you to talk about electric vehicles and your, your view down the pike on those when we get to the, uh, to the crystal ball segment in the closing. Uh, Marino, let's turn to you. James, James invoked your name, our rock star today. Uh, what do you think about, let, let's touch on a couple points. Christine was talking about having the resourcing to deal with this, the culture changes within the utility. And we're talking again about responsibility for energy conservation uh, what do you think what are you seeing what are you seeing at Cobb EMC that is is new and exciting past just the fact that you have smart grid technology now well right now we are trying to embrace the mobile of course and uh, I totally agree both with Christina and James about uh, um, how uh, things are evolving both in the terms of the consumer side and on the internal operations. On the side of operations, which I think was part of Christine's comment, uh, I do believe that we are now facing the challenge that the people um, that are either leaving or not catching up with the technologies out there, um, there is a gap for finding good analysts and in the, in the, to overcome this gap. Uh, utility companies will have to be more competitive in terms of salaries, in terms of of uh, what they offer. In the, in the of course, there's there's that side of the equation as as hiring the the best. Um, as far as uh, um, from the point of view of the, what the smart meter is doing for us today is improving our operations, and uh, it's going to take some time. Uh, I'm still linger on this that uh, this is so new this is uh, even even when we're integrating with our uh, uh, customer information systems with inform- uh, integrating with our um, uh, on the, on the distrib- distributor side where uh, the SCADA systems and and uh, all the uh, how we respond to outages and all that all that integration is still happening and not yet stable to the point where um, uh, you can say, wow, this is a great case. This is how, how it's working in the world today. Everything that James said, I believe totally. James, uh, I think your crystal ball is so much clearer than mine. Mine is a little foggy, but uh, I, I congratulate on your analysis. Okay, well, we're just about ready to, yeah, 30 seconds to go out on this segment. When we come back, we will do a formal crystal ball prediction segment with Christine Herzog, with James McClellan, with Marino, and with Stuart Ravens. On what they see, I'm going to pose the question, how smart will the smart grid really be in 2017? And let's add a corollary to that. How smart will we as consumers of what utilities are selling us be in terms of what we know how to ask for and what we do with what they can provide? So that's a big Big double question. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. And by the way, the bombilla turns out to be a metal straw in the gourd that Karen is using to drink today. We'll be right back with our final segment. Don't even think of touching that mouse. Brad, out. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. 
The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand join Rochelle McCrary for the leader and the muse Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success for strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Are in our final segment, the crystal ball predictions time. How smart will the smart grid be in 2017, five years from today? And how smart will we as consumers of what utilities are selling and giving us be? Let's start with Marino from Cobb EMC. Prediction time. Go ahead, Marino. Um, uh, I believe uh, that in, by 2017, the smart grid is going to be incredibly smart. And uh, uh, there will be a proliferation of uh, consulting companies and tools out there. And the hardest part is going to be trying to make sense and combine them in some common sense. There's going to be the big players, the SAP, the Oracles, but also the smaller players. And piggybacking on, on a previous comment from James, I think um, uh, there will be uh, uh, a number of tools out there that are going to be there on the consumer side. And then the apps that will come and would like to talk to you, those tools. Security is going to be a bigger and bigger concern. Um, and uh, be able to tap uh, from, you know, manage your power consumption from your smartphone is going to be a big thing. I was just reading an article that um, a country like Brazil, which I'm from, uh, is about to invest $36.6 billion by 2022 uh, in smart grid technology alone. So mm. everything, the money is going to pour, technology is going to grow, complexity is going to grow. 
Very good. Thanks for citing that article. Very interesting to know. So an entire country is putting its money where its mouth is on smart grid technology. Great, great. And we're going to have to catch up with you on that as, as the time goes on. Ovum, Stuart Ravens. Crystal Ball, what do you see? I know you. I know yours is supposed to be very clear. We've already determined that. So what do you see? <laughs> oh, no, I'd never say that. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, five years in the utilities industry isn't long. Um, and, and when we look at smart grid deployments, they're, they're, they're you know, they're, you know, multiple years just to do the deployment, um, let alone, you know, get your head around what to do with the, 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 uh, uh, the data that's pulled off it. But, but really what I, I think we'll see a, a real shift in the industry, because at the moment there's, there's, there's really an, an innovation gap. Um, mm-hmm. So some, some of the utilities that I speak with, you know, they're going to vendors and they're asking for things that they want because um, the vendors don't have the tools off the shelf to give to the utilities at the moment. So, uh, you know, we're going, going through a, a period of, uh, you know, rapid evolution of tools, and um, there's some really small, very interesting companies that are growing very rapidly that are working in this space, working with the, the data that's being pulled off uh, um, the meters. But um, So I, I think there's going to be a huge transition in terms of what tools are available, um, but also, um, you know, one of the things to plug that innovation gap will be services. So, uh, you know, going back to what Mourinho was saying in the previous section about um, operations, and network mm-hmm. operations around the world are pretty similar. There are differences in terms of the market structure, the, the, you know, the, 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 the topology of the, the, the distribution networks. But actually it does more or less the same thing. And when we're talking about, you know, where are the, 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 the data jockeys, the data scientists going to come from, to help utilities understand the data, to help them manage their, their, their networks, I think they'll sit within services companies because the same company can do the same thing for different uh, network operators. There's no competition between them. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, I, I, uh, my crystal ball, my big prediction is the growth of services, you know, um, analytics as a service, particularly for operations. Thank you, Stuart Ravens from Ovum. Let's turn to Christine Herzog, Smart Grid Library, our explainer. What would you like to explain about what you see coming up five years or any time frame you like, Christine? <laughs> okay. Well, to, look, to, to talk about the future, I always like to look at the past because I think mm-hmm. we can learn from history. And there are so many parallels to the way the, uh, the electric utility industry is evolving that uh, pattern what's, uh, we, what we've seen already in telecommunications and even in computing. Uh, so I, I do see that uh, future is cloudy. Specifically, we are going to see a lot more cloud-based services uh, to the point that Stuart just made because we just don't have enough resources uh, for every utility to, uh, or every company to hire uh, the, the same types of resources. Uh, we will see a lot of shared um, resourcing in terms of uh, services that are hosted, and that will cover a broad range, uh, not only for utilities, but uh, for consumers as well. Um, and I do see that we will have much more distributed uh, grid in terms of uh, distributed energy resources, uh, just like we have distributed computing. Can you imagine if we had just one big mainframe like, uh, you know, uh, that, that supplied all the computing power for all of us and then we had a devastating blackout like they've had in India? Um, we, we need to look at a future where we have a, a lot more resiliency in the grid and uh, doing things that are distributed and hosted will help make that happen. 
Thank you, Christine Herzog. And SAP's James McClellan, last but not least ever. James, what do you see? Five years, five minutes, five weeks, five months. What's your crystal ball show? You know, I sit here in awe that actually I think for one of the first times I actually agree with Stuart from Oldham. You know, so <laughs> uh, five years, uh, you know, how smart is a smart grid going to be? I think, first of all, we need to define what is smart grid. You know, the, a lot of people say smart grid. Well, that means it's going to be self-healing. Therefore, we shouldn't have outages anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, others be able to take a look at it because it's distributed management. Uh, as Christine was alluding to, uh, the two-way flow of power, being able to bring it back onto the grid, uh, sell it off. Um, you know, I think we will see pockets of evolving smart grids. Maybe in Ireland, uh, we see some work that's going on in uh, in Korea on, on the island of Jeju. Uh, you know, Japan is rebuilding their entire infrastructure. Will it be a fully deployed smart grid? I don't think it will be at that state by 2017. Mm. Uh, what I do believe is uh, much along the line of what Christine was stating, that I think you're going to see an awful lot more distributed programs uh, that me, uh, being the, my own consumer of energy, that maybe I'll be setting up more of my own solar panels or, or some type of power generation that I can supply for myself. And then when I start to run short, that then I go back to the major player to be able to purchase my energy. And I think that that's where the energy efficiencies are really going to start coming. And uh, uh, I think that you will see microgrids, uh, small areas uh, supplying power for themselves and maybe some of the smaller surrounding businesses. But I, I personally think that you're going to start seeing much more distributed type generation in the future as compared to being a true smart grid deployment. Thank you, James. And I know your statement here to me says electric electric vehicles will not become a popular alternative until battery capacity is resolved. Maybe we need a whole separate show around that. It's time for Bonnie to do predictions, and mine are really easy because I have them right here. I'm going to predict what's coming up on Coffee Break with Game Changers next Wednesday, August 8th. We're talking M2M, Rise of the Machines. Tune in to find out what that is. Wednesday, August 15th, Sales Transformation with author and Axiom founder Bob Nichols. And on our show tomorrow, In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. We're going to be talking about something very interesting. Hey, it's your cloud after all. Peer-to-peer business networking communities. A little bit different from social networking. Find out what we mean here on the Business Channel, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. I'll be your host as well. A couple of thank yous. Thank you to Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberlin, and the Business Channel. And welcome to Karen from SAP in Canada for that explanation of drinking coffee from the gourd with the bombilla. I learned a new word, so there. And it's time to say thank you to my four very special guests. Thank you so much. I want to do a, a heartfelt shout-out to Marino, Stewart, Christine, and James. And thank you all for playing so well together. Great how you referenced each other's talking points. That's what makes this such a great medium, such a great roundtable. And we appreciate your sharing your insights and your expertise, as well as your predictions. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham, closing out another show. This was number 43 here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow on In the Cloud with Game Changers. Go out and make it a game-changing day, week, month, year for you and your company. Have a great week, and bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. 
Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. 